Well, welcome to Know Your Neighbor, presented by the United Way of Northeast Georgia. I'm your co-host, Whit Richardson, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Allison Geist, and our interviewee today is Clayton Oddie. How are you doing, Allison? Doing great. How are you today, Whit? Really excited about having Clayton on here. Uh, just for background, I walked into Earth Fair one day and saw this new beverage on display and was asking the cashier about it and just had to try it because I'm a beverage fanatic. And the cashier told me, you know, guess what? It's made right here in Athens, Georgia. And so I looked it up and I called the number on the website and Clayton answered the phone. And so this is how it all began. And I guess Clayton, uh, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm uh, Clayton Odding, as, as Witt said. Uh, I own Hibbo Drinks and Mezca Sweetener Products, and I am an Athenian. I grew up in Augusta, Georgia, and lived there until I finished high school, until I came here for undergrad at UGA. I dabbled around a little bit in a couple different things, but by my... Um, by the end of my sophomore year, I knew I wanted to do two things. One was major in physics. Two was start businesses. You started with physics and working with starting businesses. I got to be honest, those don't really seem to coincide in my mind. So did you think, hey, how can we at some point combine these? Or were they just two passions of yours that you thought, yeah, I'm going to look at into both of these and see what happens? Well, it's interesting that you should say it like that because, in, in fact, they are, they do really coincide together very well. Um, the thing that I really liked about physics when I got into it was, well, I, before that, I was, it would probably be important to know that I was a pre-med major. I, I was majoring in chemistry and I, I figured out that I really didn't want to do pre-med because it was all, it was going to be a lot of long years of work to eventually when I'm like mid thirties, get out and um, then start doing what I really wanted to do. And I wanted to spend the golden years of my life where I was really fit and active and um, had a lot of energy doing things. Um, not to mention, I never really um, felt challenged in, in undergrad when I was in, in pre-med, but I took my first physics course for part of the med medical classes. Loved the material, but more than that, it, I, um, I didn't do so hot in it. Um, and that was really intriguing because the, I really liked it. And so I, I thought I might have done really well because I really liked it. But there's, the thing about it is, is it's, physics is all problem solving at its basic sense but in physics we learn principles and then you'd see stuff that you you would be tested on something you'd never seen before and you would start you would basically start with what you know and the the equations or whatever the material was that you learned that for that section and basically build from the ground up on problems and so it just really started a completely different way of thinking about problem solving that i really really liked and that really did coincide really well with businesses because I started to see problems outside of school and started to think about it from base sense. What do I have? What do I know how to do? Um, what can I build in order to solve that? And I think it's working pretty well. 
let's jump into what that skill set has shifted into, what that has looked like. You have now created this drink and this sweetener. And I there is a story behind why that came to fruition, I'm sure. What inspired this as your first big endeavor? Yeah, um, f- from a smaller scale, I think probably the the um, one of the things that really inside is I used to drink a lot of sugar soda. My favorite was Dr. Pepper. Um, and you know, my, the fittest times in my life were, were where I didn't drink sodas every day that I can remember. Um, but also I remember this one time when I was in, um, when I was a kid, my dad was always a huge Diet Coke drinker and mom used to drink Diet Coke with Splenda too. But I remember one day I was in high school and I just decided I want to try to start drinking diet Dr. Pepper because it seemed like it was healthier from all the marketing and and all that jazz. Um, I was in a room with my mom and dad and my dad told me you can't drink regular Dr. Pepper because sugar is poison. And my mom said, you can't drink diet Dr. Pepper because aspartame is poison. And I was like, what do I drink then? So I guess I got to give up Dr. Pepper completely. And then, um, when I got into college, of course, you know, you were around a lot of students that drink a lot of Coke and everything. And I had friends that struggled with weight because of a lot of sugar intake, but the biggest, um, the biggest, uh, drive I think was when I was a junior my dad for Lent he decided to give up Diet Coke and as a background he used to drink about a 12 pack a day of Diet Coke so that was a really really big a really really big uh, sacrifice at that point but he wanted to see if he could do it the interesting thing was that a lot of health issues that we had never really associated with him drinking Diet Coke um, that he had went away after about two weeks. So he had lost 10 pounds, uh, finally had that energy that he was constantly having to get work or trying to get working all day. And he had had flu symptoms probably once every month, um, before then. And he's back to, you know, what a normal person would be feeling like once every year since giving that up. And so seeing all those changes in him, that was kind of a, a wow moment for me. And so I started to think about um, the, being uh, a physics and especially being in re- research at that time with professors, I had access to UGA's uh, entire research portal, um, which is really extensive. It's, it's awesome, like literally any school scholarly paper that you can think of on anything we get access to for free um so you can learn about lots of different things and so the thing that i did was it was really intriguing okay what is it in um a diet coke that makes you what that that would possibly cause that that change that would possibly cause those those health problems found that it wasn't the flavors it wasn't the the color it wasn't the the anything else it was um research to be the sweeteners themselves so the aspartame specifically but through more and more research papers i found out that all, all the main artificial sweeteners the aspartame sucralose uh ace k um they all had long-term studied um he- negative health effects that w- were very interesting to learn about because some research papers said they didn't exist some did 
And later reading a couple of books, I found out that a lot of the studies that, that were um, found contrary to the negative results were actually funded by, you know, like Coke or Pepsi, someone that uses an artificial sweetener. And that, that told you something as well. Um, I thought, okay, well, if we know, that, so now knowing that, that those are bad, um, and of course, sugar has its downfalls as far as consuming a lot of it. What can you have that's to get sweetness without, um, without having negative effects? And of course, there's the argument of moderation, moderate or don't want to. And so there should be an option for them. And so I started to think and research and found about uh, three or four natural sweeteners that um, didn't have any research effects. And I bought them started experimenting with them and, and um, came up with a sweetener and then it was kind of hitting the ground running. Um, the sweetener was definitely the first part and it's changed over the years. Like you, now it's able to be used in baking. You can sweeten your coffee with it, anything like that. But um, I also worked with UGA Food Science to create the beverages as well. And that was Mezca drinks and those still exist and they'll continue to exist. You know, they're all the popular flavors that you'll see, but the newest one that we're working on is the Hibbo drink. Following along those lines, Clayton, you, your sweetener is stevia. Is that right? So I'll, I'll explain it in this way. The, the sweetener itself is leaf from a bush, fruit from a tree, and fermented corn from a field. And so three natural sources themselves, and that's stevia, monk fruit, and erythritol. The main reason for using three is because one, you, you, they have varying levels of sweetness. So stevia, for example, is 300 times sweeter than sugar, but the, from the corn, the erythritol, the natural zero calorie sweetener, that one is a little less than, um, less sweet than sugar. Using them all together, um, you're able to not only put out something that people can use the same amount as what they're used to, but also they all three, uh, I guess, sweeten different parts of your tongue. Um, this is part of the, the learning about how to replicate sweetness when I was first starting, but um, sugar has, a, when you look at it, if you put sweetness on a curve, um, sugar has a nice bell curve. It start, you put it in your mouth, it takes a second for you to taste the sweetness, it rises up to this really, really nice, awesome peak and then drops off. Um, stevia, for example, is all of a sudden really sweet as soon as you put it in your mouth and then it drops off into bitterness really quickly. Um, the goal was at the beginning to take as many different sweeteners as it would take and that it ended up taking three to make the sweetness look more like that bell curve. So it was taste-wise, but it was also a little bit analytical and, and uh, numerical and how, and how um, to combine all the amounts together. So you have Hibbo, which is hibiscus flavor, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you have your Mesca drinks, which you've got a number of flavors. What made you come up with these flavors? What is, I'm not going to ask you to give away your secrets of what you're planning, but how are you coming up with these flavors? I mean, that's, you got a world to choose from. Yeah, one thing leads to another, I guess you could say. The most recent, so the Hibbo drinks, they are the ones I'm most excited about simply because they, they don't just add another flavor or another, um, 
it's a completely new concept, but one that builds on the one, the sweetener. So the sweetener I talked about being leaf from a bush, fruit from a tree, corn from a field. Um, hibiscus adds on to it in a way that it's petal, petal from a flower. Um, and the petal from a flower, the first three are, you know, creating sweetness that is, um, you know, lacking negative health effects. So it's not bad for you, but you couldn't say that it's good for you because it doesn't, give you any benefit. It just doesn't do anything to you. Um, the hibiscus as a base, I'm very excited about because just using that one natural ingredient, the, the hibiscus brew brings in a ton of iron. It brings in um, more electrolytes than Gatorade, uh, antioxidants that, that are more than you find in berries, um, more vitamins than fruit juices. Um, and it has a unique flavor to it that's good on its own. So in the original flavored hibo, you can try what hibiscus actually tastes like. But um, what I'm finding out is you can actually expound upon that and use it to create pretty much any flavor. Um, and so the possibilities with the, the drinks that I, could, that I could create with it down the road are pretty limitless. And you have a partner in life, but also in this business. Is that correct? So Phoebe actually helped me turn the sweetener into something that could be used in baking because she loves to bake. Um, she had always wanted to start a bakery. So her last year of, she's in her last year of school right now. She has actually started Saturday Hill Baking. Operates out of the same space that um, we produce in. And she bakes, uh, her most popular products are, are uh, a cherry almond scone, a cinnamon vegan scone, and um, uh, some no-bake cookies and some shortbread cookies. And they're selling really well at a lot of places in Atlanta. They just got into the daily co-op. She is on fire, doing really, really well with it. Um, so in that, she's in the same boat. She wants to promote uh, a natural, uh, no-calorie version of people's sweet tooth. And she's doing an incredible job with it. So you're from Augusta. Where's Phoebe from? Seattle, or just outside of Seattle. So how did you decide that you were going to establish your business in Oconee County? Well, I'll start with how we got into Oconee County specifically. Um, there's another soda producer out there. He does cane sugar soda and now uh, a hop water. They're called New Creations uh, Soda Works. Shout out to them. Um, they, Paul, the owner, has been making soda out there for, I think, six or seven years. And, um, you know, two years ago when I was first starting to want to start this business, someone put me in contact with him knowing that he already made soda. And I just started working out of the same kitchen space as him. He was and still is a good, a good mentor for uh, building a drink business. Well, it sounds like you have so many awesome experiences at such a young age that you have so much to give back to the next generation of entrepreneurs already. Uh, but at this point, like what advice do you have for those, that next generation of entrepreneurs? People are more important than anything else. People, but more people help you do things faster and better as well. I would say, I think I was definitely attached to either paying for everything and doing things myself rather than trying to bring people on board, you know, in, in that, 
releasing maybe some equity to people to help out to help out at the beginning to join the business i was averse to that um because i i guess i'd been taught my whole life to try to keep everything um to yourself in that realm you want to keep ownership of it because you you know for some reason but what i found out actually is that it's especially in the beginning if it's your first business starting it's better to have partners it's better to um work with people and let people in well, I hope our listeners enjoy hearing about this as much as I have. Uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So I uh, appreciate you joining us, Clayton. Well, thanks, Clayton. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks to Clayton and to my co-host, Whit Richardson, and to all of you for tuning in for another episode of Know Your Neighbor. We look forward to chatting with you soon and seeing you uh, on the screen or hopefully socially distanced around town sometime. Please remember that you can always reach out to us if you need anything, unitedwaynega.org. Also, if you're a golfer, you can still sign up for our 2020 virtual golf tournament throughout this entire month of October. And we would love to have you join us virtually for that and participate in another local tournament simultaneously. You can participate October 30th in the Heroes Classic that benefits the American Red Cross, one of our 2020 partner agencies. You can sign up via our Eventbrite, which is linked via our website. Um, And we also hope to see you all at a couple of future events. We have a Women United Engage and Inspire free networking event on October 15th and a few other exciting events in November and December. So check out our website, check out our social media channels, United Way, N-E-G-A on Instagram and Facebook, and we will chat with you all soon. Until next week, we hope you'll live united.